Hey, it's Everyone Gets a Trophy Podcast. I'm Paul Wadlington, joined by Randy Boone. After uh, Ian Boyd was on with me last week, Randy got all jealous. He started texting me every day. He's like, hey, man, are we okay? Is everything good? Everything cool? Like, what's think, going on, man? Just think thinking of you. By week. Hey, Paul, just thinking of you, man. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Paul, Paul's going to get cold down here. Is it cold up there? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Randy, great to have you, man. Uh, Horns are seven and one. Big, big game this weekend, Saturday against Kansas State. Kansas State looks regenerated, frankly, uh, after a little bit of a shaky start uh, with Oklahoma State and Missouri losses. But since then, they've put some stuff together. They look great coming out of their bye week. We'll talk about them a little later in the podcast. I do want to review BYU. Talk a little bit about that. I think probably odds are Malik Murphy will come up at some point. So we can talk about that as well. Um, any any general impressions of the BYU one? Oh, they're not very good. No, they're not. They're not. A, I, I think I call them a smoke and mirrors five and two. And I think I think they're going to struggle to win another game this year, to be oh, honest. Man, it, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of, of promise out there, especially on the offensive side. Um, For BYU. Yes, for BYU. Sorry, okay. I should have clarified that. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was one of those games where, as kind of ugly as we sort of slogged through it, at no point in time were you like, "Yeah, we're in trouble." But I mean, it it was pretty much outcome was not in doubt from the beginning. But could have probably been a little prettier to watch. But <clears throat> I'll take seven and one over the last ten years. Hundred percent. 20, whatever it is. Well, then honestly, I don't mind a game against even a below average team where you're kind of like, we're not playing optimally. Are we going to win 24 to six or we're going to win 35 to six? Right. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of those games mixed in with, with your perennial powerhouses over the last 10 to 15 years. Like people forget that, you know, Georgia and Alabama hadn't just been blowing the doors off of everybody every week. They have they have these games, not saying we're to that level or have performed to that level consistently. Um, but you got one of those every once in a while. And there's two schools of thought on the whole, why are we going for it on fourth down and not kicking field goals and putting the game out of reach and all this? And if you don't feel like the game's in jeopardy, then why not? Or hey, let's just put the game out of reach and move on and take whatever side you want on that one. But I don't know. It was a weird game to watch. I was, I've, I've just, it was a kind of a, I haven't been in that place much recently in Texas football history where I was like, yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, we could just turn around, hand the ball off and punt. And yeah, uh, I, I thought, I thought it was interesting because the defense dominated as I, I thought they would dominate. I mean, BYU did not have a good offense coming in and they, they lived up to their billing. Uh, they had Slovis threw for 197 yards on 40 attempts. 25 completions, so less than eight yards per completion, right? Eight yards per attempt is is solid. It's very, you know, it's pretty good. Eight yards per completion, not so not good. So that's much. not that ain't as I equipped in my inside Texas article, that's not dink and dunk, that's dink and junk, right? Yeah, I mean they he didn't, I mean, I don't even I mean he wasn't very accurate on the times where he had time, but he was also under in, intense duress from the get-go. Our def- our interior defensive line and a couple blitz packages pretty much just completely destroyed any hope of of pass protection they had. Do you remember when Keen Slovis was like a big deal that one year at USC? 
Man, I really don't. I'd love to lie to you and say, yeah, I remember that. But I, oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I know I know the stats. Like I saw the the rundown and everything, but I, I just either I didn't pay attention to him that much that year or whatever, but I, I, I don't have that memory of him. So he was um he was like this breakout freshman. Uh, I think he was a redshirt freshman at the time. Threw for 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, nine INTs. And 2019 USC. And then ever since then, it's crazy. He's, he's been on a downslide. It's just weird. So he'd have been like right after Daniels? 2019. So yeah. Yeah. And that's two in a row two in a row they had that sort of two vagabonds, two yonder men. Hmm. Two rolling stones. Help me come up with more itinerant descriptions, Randy. I'm good. I think I think, that, I think that's I think that's enough description. <laughs> and on that note, for Randy Boone, I'm Paul Wadlington saying, uh, yeah, it's I, it's just interesting. I did he, I don't know. I'm I'm asking about Keaton Slovis, like you're the expert on him, but I was wondering if he just had some serious injury or I, I yeah I don't I don't know. I mean I, I that offensive line would probably make people's stats not look very good. Yep. Um But I mean, there's there's other factors in between those too so I, I don't i don't know what happened to him i don't know like i said i he even the few throws he had time to make it wasn't i don't know i didn't think it was too impressive looking no no it was not uh the texas defensive line came to play dominated early and often uh poor byron murphy got clotheslined blocked about nine different times and <laughs> couldn't draw a flag but he did get the pressures and uh you know, Texas did eventually get some hits. They got plenty of hits on Slovis. They got 10 hits on the quarterback. And, and, uh, some, and some good ones. Some very good ones. They dropped some pops on them. Uh, Baron Sorrell actually played really well, particularly in the second half. Thought so Tavondre, as well. Tavondre Sweat was amazing. Uh, I don't put huge stock in PFF, pro football focus, but Tavondre Sweat is still the number one rated interior defensive lineman in the country on PFF. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the college level, it's got its place. But I mean, at the pro level, I, I mean, you got, you know, less games to watch. So I think they're a little more dialed in. But uh, I mean, it's not like they're throwing junk out there to where, you know, if somebody's ranked that highly, it, it's just a complete mirage. Yeah, I've seen. Um, I've disagreed them with them more when they rated someone poorly or below average. I would agree. And I was, and I was like, no, that, that guy actually played pretty well. I mean, now their defense is, hey, we don't just grade flash plays. We grade every play. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not, if you don't play X run correctly, uh, blah, blah, blah. One thing I don't know about them, honestly, though, that I've always wanted to find out and, and figure out is, do you just grade the result? So in other words, if a receiver burns the corner by 10 yards and is wide ass open, and the, and the quarterback overthrows him by 30 yards. Do you just say the corner did a good job there? Or is that a neutral play? Or is that a negative play? I, mean, I would grade that a negative play, right? By my I, eye. I would, yeah, I would think so. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how you, I mean, and granted, I mean, everything's. Gotta, I think they grade, I think they grade that a neutral play. Neutral. Yeah. I, I would say it's a negative, but yep. I mean, but to a certain extent, without knowing the scheme of the defense, I don't know how you can really do it. I mean, obviously, if a guy, you know, it's man-to-man, -man, the guy's running wide open because the cornerback, I mean, that's pretty simple to decipher. But, like, 
for example, a crossing route, how do you, how, how would you know what one's responsibility was? <laughs> Who could possibly know? It's a great mystery. <laughs> it is a great mystery. You're right. <laughs> In the space of one week, Texas yeah. figured out the mystery of the crossing route. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. So, the one mystery that we did get unveiled was Malik Murphy, his debut as the signal caller for the University of Texas. Malik stepped in for an injured Quinn Ewers. Uh, I thought he had a mixed bag, and I'll, I'll start off our discussion with this. Uh, 16 of 25, 170 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one fumble. Had a couple of other maybe turnover-worthy throws. Had a couple of other throws, or maybe the receiver could have helped him out a little bit, which is not atypical for any quarterback in any game. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's where I went down to the data mines, and I dug up something interesting here. On throws behind the line of scrimmage, he was 9 of 10 for 51 yards. Okay? You'd expect to hit 90% of your throws behind the line of scrimmage. And you you'd, expect so. him, you'd expect it to be short as well. And, and look, plenty of, co- uh, plenty of teams and quarterbacks, including Quinn Ewers, pad their accuracy stats. With yeah, those. I was going to say that, that. That's not new for the Texas offense for those watching. However, any throw past the line of scrimmage, and by that I mean a yard past the line of scrimmage, all the way up to a bomb or the touchdown to, AD, to Adonai Mitchell. He was 7 of 15 for 119 yards. So sub 50%, about a little over 7 yards per attempt. To give you a comparison, this year, yours is 65% on throws past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, th- I think he showed – well, a couple of the throws that you're talking about that were sort of eye-raising um, – were that middle of the field touch section one time or two times, actually uh, Sanders sort of bailed him out. Yep. Um, But I think, you know, he, he's a lot more comfortable in the let it rip scenarios. Um, Even the touchdown to to Mitchell, you know, he was late on that and sort of got bailed out by a flailing deal. Uh, Once Sanders made a great play, once the safety was right there and 20 years ago, Sanders would have been decapitated and carried off on the stretcher, but you can't do that anymore. So the safeties get stuck in what do I do land and doesn't play the ball or really anything. and just sort of runs into him after he catches it. Um, I don't, th- I don't think he showed a complete lack of feel for anything. You could just tell it's a work in progress. Um, I mean, I blow everybody's mind here. I, I just thought he was fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know the reads that they're asking him to make as far as checking on RPOs or whatever, but I, I don't remember an egregious decision other than the interception to where I was just like, whoa, that's bad. Um, and I, you know, Sark said something about a route being weird on that play. I, I don't know what route could have been different. I just think he could have thrown the ball. I, I think he thought he could throw the ball further than I hope he thought he could throw the ball further than what he was able to because if somebody was supposed to be there, I'm not sure who it was. Yeah, I mean, so Sark, Sark said, I mean, look, ultimately the quarterback's the trigger man. Yep. And so if your picture is not what you want or how you like, you throw it out of bounds. Hmm. Or you take the ball and run up the field and try to salvage the play, right? So, you know, we kind of had this argument, not you and I, but I mean, Texas fans against OU when you were through the interception on the first play yep. of the game uh, or his our first offensive series, I should say. Adnai Mitchell is supposed to fight across 
you don't let a guy across your face. That said, you're still the quarterback. You determine, you determine where the ball goes. Yep. So that's kind of what Murphy on the fumble too. You're still the ultimate ball security. So I understand yeah, no. that a guy came free off the edge. I understand Hayden Connor didn't get there. I understand Jonathan Brooks didn't get there. It was actually a jailbreak, not just there. Uh, oh, it was multiple. Yeah. You're still the quarterback. You're, yeah, still the final, the- you're still the final ball security, right? Yeah, you just got to tuck that thing and fall down. Not, yep. Nothing good was going to happen there. Just, just tuck it and fall down. I mean, yeah. I, you can get into the play call. You can get into the performance and everything, but you're correct. Like, ultimately, you had the ball in your hands and the play ended with it not in your hands. So that play call and a couple of others kind of irritated me because I was, I was, I was perturbed. It's like Sark can't help himself sometimes. And if, and if you remember the rhythm of the offense on that fumble, they just moved right down the field, handing the ball off and making simple throws. And, you know, like, so three games in a row now, and I almost, you block them out until you rewatch them. But Sark is just randomly called a reverse on the opponent 20 or inside of the 20 three games in a row for negative yardage or no gain. And so, it's just like, it's like, Hey, I haven't called in a reverse in a while. You know what I mean? Like, it's get- not like, Hey, that, that backside end is just crashing. This is ridiculous. Let's get them. It's like, Hey, I haven't called a reverse in a while. Let's try it. Let's dial that up. It's like, dude. <laughs> so it's one, it's one of two things. It's, it's either the, the voice on his shoulder is just relentless and he finally gives in or he's just trying to force feed it to worthy or Mitchell or somebody to get them a touch because playmaker, get them a touch. You have playmakers that have personalities and whatever. And I would lean probably more towards the latter of those where he's trying to do it. I, I mean, I think there's an element to the, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, type deal to it, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna choose to believe that it's more of him trying to force feed a playmaker than he just can't help himself. Can we force feed the playmaker in the passing game? We could just throw it to him. Yeah. Okay. I'm I, just checking. I would like to see more route <laughs> offense from the 30 in instead of a yes. bubble screen or this or that. I mean, like there are patterns well, you can run there. I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I said on a podcast, this was the OU podcast preview. I was like, hey, um, we're physically weak inside on the offensive line. I know those guys are big, but they can't move people. Mm-hmm. And Brooks isn't a huge back. Not that weighing 230 would necessarily help him on some of these, but mm-hmm. might. Um, when did you just start throwing the ball? Uh, and I don't just mean goal to go. I mean, when you're around the 20, 25 yard line and you're headed that way, Yep. Let's take a couple shots at the end zone and try to score and, and Use, not while you have in, space. I mean, I, I dread first and goal from the 10 for this team. I also dread. I mean, I dread first and goal. From the, well, yeah. I mean, you get into that too. I mean, f- first and goal from the 10 is not a strength for anybody really. And especially not for us, but no, um, but no, I mean, there, there's ways that this team is positioned to where you can take advantage of being on the 27. Yeah. And the personnel is there to, to have a legit offense from there. I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think this came up multiple times over the course of the week. It's like, well, how can I, you know, how did y'all handle Alabama's defensive line, but you can't, you know, do this, this and all. 
we match up really good with big people because we're big people. You get some small, quicker-ish guys that get underneath us and refuse to just be locked up on. We struggle and have struggled. Well, and also football is um, it's not static. People watch film. And so what, they, what you typically do in goal one, typically, is you gap it, right? You, you have your guys mm-hmm. gapping and trying to get penetration and disrupting that run before it gets started, right? People have stopped gapping us, and they just line up heads up and say, yeah. you Beat can't them. move me. Yep, I'm, I'm right here. And they're, they're correct, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, and then they're running their second-level guys off that, knowing that they're not going to get caved in. Yep. And, and that's the other part that's key is whether it was Stutzman for OU or, or you'll see this with Kansas State because they run their linebackers downhill because they're not big. Uh, they're basically just saying, hey, you're not creating movement. And if, if you create movement, even on a double team, on a down lineman, and they're trying to fire a linebacker, he'll get caught in the wash and, and your running back will stroll into the end zone. That's what happens when people freak out of like, how did that even happen? It's like, well, that's what happened right there. Yeah. Or you mean he's limited angle wise and it gives your running back a much just clearer picture of where bounces. to go. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you just you don't you have just to bounce. worry about yeah, it's 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 simple, but um but yeah, I just I, I, I think they want to be able to do that. I think at this point we've established we can't. Yeah. And it's I mean, I don't know that we were good at it to begin with, and now we had a center with a bad leg and he wasn't the most powerful guy to begin with. So, I mean, I think that probably needs to adjust. Yeah. One thing that is good, if you want to look on the bright side, we're, if you, we're if still you ha- running the ball well. Yeah. I mean, we're running the ball yeah. well in other situations. Uh, and by we, I mean, Jonathan Brooks is <laughs> running the ball well. Yeah. Did I mute myself? You did. I was wondering oh, what happened. The point I was going to make was so awesome. I just wanted to make it to myself before I said it to you. But I was going to say, by jo- Jonathan Brooks is running that o- O-line better. Yes. Quite a bit. He's a good back. Yep. No, he, he's very good at, at the, the slower developing read it type stuff. And it kind of just lets those guys... They don't really have to execute anything. They have to do something, and then he figures it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if that, I don't, that probably didn't make sense, but in my get head, in the way did. of someone. Yes, absolutely. And I'll, I'll react get, off. Get that. in the way in some form or fashion. And maybe you're supposed to be on that guy's outside shoulder instead of his inside shoulder, but just lock, latch onto him and move. Hey, uh, speaking of running backs, Jaden Blue showed some nice burst late, yep. uh, much better in mop up duty than earlier in the year. And, CJ Baxter, man, uh, I pronounced him right against U of H. He looked good. He looked frisky. He looked the best he'd looked since Rice. He looked like he was running in tar. What's going? Is he just perma injured, or what's going on with this guy? I, I think he. Did, I just didn't think he was seeing the picture very well. He didn't. He just didn't look very confident in what he was seeing. I, th- I think he looked hesitant to me. I don't. I don't think he looked injured. Uh, in, in my opinion, I, I just think he wasn't seeing the picture very clearly. Um, but he was like tiptoeing. That's what I'm saying. I, I just don't think he was. There, there's just guys that that they'll see it better than others in certain situations, and and we 
we kind of had a couple of those guys growing up, but um, if it was a certain type of defense, you could almost pencil them in to, to just to struggle because of the way the plays developed and the way you had to wait for things to open. I just don't think he has the experience in seeing that quite yet. That's um, interesting. Well, I hope that's, that's the good. case because I, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything to where I thought he would have been injured. And and when it goes to blue, I mean, I, I think the confidence from special teams and just being a contributor and, you know, ha- having a place on the team and, and doing well at that for a while, you could just kind of see his confidence come to the forefront. Cause I mean, that, those were some very, I mean, even the, the non-touchdown ones, he looked pretty good on, on being pretty decisive. Yeah. Uh, Keelan Robinson looked like bottled lightning on his one carry. Uh, on a misdirection, we didn't that run guy. that. We didn't run that play again. So that's a classic example. And, and Randy, I gotta, I gotta give you props on this because you said this last year. You're like, you know, if the guy couldn't hit the fastball the last three times, you could throw another fastball. Like he, he hasn't yeah. figured it out since he stepped out of the batter's box. If we have a really cool misdirection play and it pops for 23, and Keelan Robinson is, like, feeling it, and talk about a guy seeing it. He looked awesome on that run. Yep. Like, you can dial it up again. It's it's legal. You're, it didn't, you didn't burn the play. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just get that impression from, from him for whatever reason. It's just, like, on to the next one. Okay, ran that one. Like, yeah, it's interesting. No, we ran counter tray like 75 times a game when Ricky was here. It's you it, <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'd like to see Keelan get a couple more touches moving forward. He looked good on the kickoff returns, uh, or has looked better and better on the kickoff returns. Uh, and hey man, he's he's explosive. Yeah. I'm not saying you gotta like draw 10 plays for him, but if he if he shows a burst like that on a run, let's let's maybe toss him a couple more. Well, Xavier Worthy on that punt return. Uh, very impressive, obviously. Talk about burst. He had a guy right on him when he caught it. And he just sort of froze the guy. And I'm not sure how he got past him, but he just did. And then it just parted. And he accelerated, man. He's he's fast. He's not he's quick, but he's also fast. Oh, he's real, yeah. He's very much both. Robinson had a pretty good block on that, right? He was yep. one of the. He was one yeah, of the guys several guys did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. A good oh job. no, there's you know, multiple, but we just we were talking about him. But no, that pump return was was clutch because I think we needed that to kind of get jump started. But, was there anything um, else in the game that kind of stood out to you or was worthy of comment? No, I, I mean I, I just think going back to the Murphy thing, he he just looked a beat slow, uh, on a lot yeah. of things. You know, not not terrible, but I, I think. The defense he's going to face this week will make him pay a little bit more than the one he faced last week if he's a little bit slow like that again. Yeah. One, well, two more comments before we close out, maybe and talk about other games or Kansas State. The touchdown he threw to Adonai Mitchell, I saw it from the other angle. It was a duck. <laughs> it was a fluttering duck. So I. And he I've threw off his been, back foot. He threw off his back foot. It was late. And you're correct. It was not a good spiral. But ever since I've watched Peyton Manning throw punts and end over end balls <laughs> to people and somehow put them right where they're supposed to be. Marvin, kind of back, it's Mar- kind of, Marvin Harrison. Yeah, in stride. I've, I've, I've backed off the, I mean, I'm sure it's probably not fun to catch if you're a wide receiver, but I've backed off the, just because it wasn't a perfect spiral. It was a, a bad throw thing. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I'm I'm receptive to that, and I'm susceptible to seeing a really tight, pretty spiral and going, ooh. And watch it sail 20 yards over the guy's head. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 
So I, yes, but yeah, I mean you're correct. It, it was it was not a thing of beauty, but uh, it it ended up being being worth it. So and the last part I'd say is when you're six five two fifty, and you've got some physicality about you, don't fade in the pocket. Don't back up. Stand there or step forward. Your your value proposition as a quarterback, not just here at Texas, but wherever you might play in the future, is big strong guy being unflappable in the pocket and yep. keeping his eyes downfield and not letting rushers brushing against him or getting a little piece of him bother him, shake him off and throw the ball. Because the it's it's like watching uh it's like watching Larry Johnson in the NBA. You remember that guy? Yep. It's like watching him shoot a fadeaway. Like go up strong with the ball, man. Like, yep. And Larry didn't do a lot of fadeaways, but no, you're, you're hundred percent right on it. I mean, and we, I mean, we said the same thing about Ewers last year. It, it just is, I don't know if it's a. Well, but Ewers lacks physicality. I mean, I understand. No, true, why but I'm just saying, like, just saying it's, it pocket, seems like it's more right? of an, inic- I, I'm, I'm hoping it's more of an inexperienced thing than a, a trait. Cause if it is, you're right. I mean, that's, that's not good for your six, five pocket passer to not be comfortable in said pocket. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, and you obviously could t- reference Big Ben or somebody like that. Drew Brees. No, I mean, yeah, you don't that have guy's to be six feet tall. And in the pocket, he's like, I'm not moving until you make me move. And then I'm going to slide, yeah. you know, slightly over. I'm not fading backwards and throwing a fade away. If anything, I'm going to step forward. Yeah, I don't I don't think you have to be big to to play well on the pocket. But if you're going to be big and not as mobile, you better be good at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my attitude is if, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, understand the player that you are and your physicality and your strength. I mean, dude, Malik's a big, strong I, dude. I mean, I, I just see him as that guy, like you're saying, like, stepping up in the pocket and here comes Worthy or Mitchell breaking in a 25-yard over route and just pops it. It's on him. Just, yeah. You know, and like through a, through a window that nobody else can get it through in front of a safety that was like, whoa. How that ball gets there so fast, you know, that well, that's that's where I see his his ultimate game. I'll tell you what I saw um, that made me think of that, and it reminded me of something in the college game that you don't see as much in the pros. But if you can put it on someone on a line on about a twenty yard in cut, all of the DBs around him are paralyzed trying to recover because they they're running right. So Georgia, Florida, I don't know if you saw any of that game. Early in that game, Beck hits Lad McConkey on an in route. Beautiful throw, fast. They got on him fast. And McConkey turned and faced up and saw that everyone was kind of moving the other way or trying to recover or like, oh, we didn't know a guy could catch the ball there in the college game. Mm. And he just turned up field and scored. Jordan Shipley did that a half dozen different times. Uh, when he was at Texas and, you know, Colt wasn't exactly throwing lasers, but no. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an it's abnormality. That, it's an abnormality from the normal route tree. They see you're, you're hundred percent. Right. And I see Malik being able to do that. Yes. If, if he can be that quarterback, like let's, let's not fade away. Let's I, I think Patrick Mahomes, God bless that guy. He's phenomenal. I think he's going to ruin a bunch of young quarterbacks yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. trying to emulate him. Do you think Lad McConkey's Irish? Uh, he could be. Maybe. I'm not okay. sure. What's your tip? I, I just, I don't know. 
Oh, is it because he's white? He's white. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nothing yeah. to do with the name. Okay. <laughs> Lad McCunk. <laughs> you know he's the son of, right? I can't think of a good Irish pun, so no. No, Phil McConkey. Oh, okay. He was a Giants receiver for Phil Sims. Oh, I thought sure. you were making a joke. Didn't know that. Okay. Phil McConkey was like a really good punt returner and sort of like the gutty third wide receiver on the Giants teams. Yeah, you, know, you, you know, coach on the field. Right? Tell you what, that guy, that guy's a legit threat. <clears throat> He's a stud. Yeah, as as Georgia's receiving core gets healthier, uh, Brock Bowers is obviously missed. He's a freak, mm-hmm. but dude, that Beck Beck is good. He's good. He's, He's good. good. He can. Le- He's got a legit arm, and he makes good decisions. So, very curious to see how he does as the as the quality of opponent upgrades over time. Hopefully, uh, going to be a bit. Yeah, it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a while. I think they play. <laughs> don't they play Missouri? I couldn't tell you what their schedule is. They play yeah. Ole Miss in a couple weeks. I think they're going to play Missouri, Ole Miss, and then they'll play in the SEC title game. So. If they play LSU in the SEC title game, Beck is going to throw for 480 yards, and Daniels will throw for 390. So that'll be yes. entertaining. Uh, hey, you guys looking for a mortgage? How's that for a segue? I know a guy who can help you out. His name's Gabe Winslow. He's awesome at what he does. Over 20 years in the industry. Law degree, diehard Longhorn, uh, and all-around good guy, extremely sharp. Give him a call. You can reach him at, do you know his phone number yet, Randy? Sure don't. Dang, man. I have his phone, I have his phone number. There's, there's people you in the it? audience yelling out his phone number. Do you have, can you, can you provide it? I want a different voice. It's to say it. Hold on. It's all right. I'm going to say it. It's 832-557-1095. 832-557-1095. Uh, Gabe is uh, still licking his wounds off of the Astros, but he's got enough hater in him that he's pulling for the Diamondbacks, I'm sure. But even if you're oh, a Rangers, even if you're a Rangers fan, he'll help you out. He'll do you right. And just uh, mention that Randy and I sent you 832-557-1095. All right, man. After that brilliant segue, I don't know how to segue out of it other than to say, you want to talk about Kansas State? Let's do it. And I have, a, I have a question. I have a question for you. You scared of the Wildcats? You worried? I think we match up pretty well with them, actually. In several places. I think the issue, I think the area of concern is probably quarterback for Texas, right? Yes. Mistakes, execution, and then probably the red zone. This is going to be a tight game. Getting zero or three instead of seven is probably going to matter, right? It's, it's going to matter a lot more this week, I believe, than it, than it has, yes. But let, let me ask you this question, because I'm not sure that I know the answer in my own head. Has Kansas State figured it out over the last three weeks? Or have they played Tech, TCU, and Houston? Good question. Can it be both? Yes. I think that's probably the correct answer. So I think their quote-unquote figuring it out coincides with two things. Chris Kleiman's a good coach who progresses his team through the course of the season. And second, Will Howard got healthy. That's it. Yeah, he was he was not there for a while. You're correct. I mean, he was really messed up against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Through three picks. At the end of the Missouri game, I don't know if you saw that, but he could barely walk. He he was unable to 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 run. So several times Missouri dropped way back in coverage as Kansas State's trying to come back. And old Will Howard would have ran for 18 yards. 
and then popped up and they would have done it again. And he just stood there and had to wait for a receiver to break open. So I think he got healthy. And obviously they integrated this kid, Avery Johnson. Uh, Did you expect a guy, a dual threat running quarterback named Avery Johnson to be a white dude with Burt Auburn's hair? It looks looks like sunshine from uh, (laughs) remember the Titans sunshine with a perm. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would not have, but that, yeah, that dude can move. He, he definitely is a skilled runner. Um, he's not completely useless throwing it either. I mean, he, he can, no, he can chunk it around a little bit. So no, it's, not, you, it's you... not like, it's not like he comes in and you can just be like, Oh, Hey, shut it down. But, uh, no, they're, I mean, they both have brought a lot of, uh, versatility, I guess would be the correct word, uh, to the offense when, when either one of them are out there now that, uh, Howard's back healthy. Let me ask you a challenging question because you talked about matchups and I agree with many of them. We assume Texas should dominate running games, right? Because of the quality of, of player we have on the defensive line. We've got some guys in the secondary who will tackle as well. Ryan Watts is back. That's nice. Jude Barron. Uh, what good rushing attack has Texas faced? And what rushing attack has aspects that most resemble Kansas State? And how did we do against it? I don't want to talk about them. No, no, I'm not talking. No, no, I'm not referring to OU. I'm not either. Oh, who are we talking about? Who are we not talking about? I don't know. Who do you think we're talking about? Oh, well, this is a this is a no. I thought, you, I thought you were talking about OU in the quarterback run game. So. There, there are some aspects of that, but I think. Um, I think it's more Kansas and believe it or not, Mm -hmm. Kansas actually ran the ball pretty well on us on a per carry basis. They just didn't have the ball. We just, we completely time of possession them. And by the time the game got a little out of hand, they had to throw with Jason Bean. They weren't able to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Bean got loose a couple times. Do you remember Henshaw and Neil? Yeah, I think you're right. Game situation eight, did kind of eight, get away from him. Seven, eight, ten yard runs. Like no. so Kansas averaged over five yards a carry against Texas. They just weren't able to run the ball very much. No, you're probably right on that. I didn't really that that's not that wouldn't have been in my head as an answer for you to give me multiple teams, but you're probably right. Um and it prop you're it's Thinking back on it, it uh, and just from what I've seen Kansas State this year, you're 100% right that it's probably the most like what we are going to see. And just like Kansas, they test your eye discipline, right? They test you, particularly if you're in zone, because you're worried about the the scrambling quarterbacks or the running quarterbacks. Right. And almost, I mean... I don't know. Leipold and Climber are so alike to me. I don't know if it's just because I think they're both really good coaches and just kind of figure it out. But that that offensive style just sort of grinds on you. And I'm just looking at their stats here. It's here recently. It sure picked up. That's for sure. Like I said, it, it you can say it's a little bit of the competition, but they sure have been efficient. Yeah, when we played some of that competition, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, look, traditional run game, if you didn't have to worry about the quarterback, if you weren't a little concerned about some of their gadgets and play action, I, I don't think Kansas State can line up and push Tavondre Sweat around. I don't, that's not happening. No. But 
the type of running game that they're going to try to do, which is not attack our defensive tackles. They're going to try to attack the edge. They're going to try to attack assignment discipline of safeties coming up and run support. And then all of a sudden you stop and you throw the ball over their head, right? I mean, it's, you know, typical Kansas state stuff. And, and they're also going to try to run some traditional run game to see if they can, or, and you kind of have to, or else you get, you kind of right. get yeah, caught. You, yeah. Yeah. But I just think it's a little bit more, it won't be as easy maybe as people think of, of like, well, we're awesome at run defense. We're dominant physically on the D line. We're going to move them around. It's like, Eh, there's a little more to the running game than just physically dominating someone. There's also angles and assignments and discipline and option and all that stuff. Yeah, unless, unless the game situation gets completely out of them, uh, out of hand, I, I don't see this being a game where you know they end up with 30 yards rushing at the end of it. Um, you know, yeah. I think it's just going to be more about limiting any type of explosives in the run game you can and making them earn it uh, on that, and then just taking away the short, easy, broken record short easy intermediate over the middle easy throws oh well surely we'll do that on yeah. third and six or something fourth hey, and two. well i gotta say those fourth and two alignments in the past were on pete kukowski this one was clearly on homes not understanding yeah, the game situation that one was they, pretty apparent i think they pulled him right after pretty quickly and, then, and he only played like 18 snaps and he was kind of the the best corner against houston so I don't think his 18 snaps was the plan. I think they were pissed off at him, and they just sat him. And then Terrence Brooks and Ryan Watts played the rest of the game, basically. So, yeah, that's sure what it appeared like. <clears throat> so that's to me, that's an improvement. I'd rather have a player error as a one-off than coordinator error. Well, not only is it better to be in that situation, but you also have depth this year to where you can do that. Whereas in years past, you're like, hey, don't do that again. You're still in. When it's, I do my house. it's <laughs> really it's it's really difficult as a basketball coach to be like, yeah. hey, I told you about reaching, you idiot. And then you look down your bench and you're like, all right, stay in. Like, <laughs> but it, it is kind of nice to look down your bench and be like, this guy's just as good. Sit your yeah. ass down and think about it, right? So but now I'm rolling th- rolling through the Russian attack here. There's a whole lot of uh five yards or more carry averages. Yeah. No, they don't lack for that. Um, I will say the receiving core has taken a step down from last year. It, you, so, they don't. They normally have a couple like burners on the outside, or they're just completely out of nowhere unheralded guys. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think they have that this year that I've seen at least. You can correct so, me if I'm wrong, but Philip Brooks can run. He's back. He's been there forever, but he's a little guy and he can run. But I mean, look, they're they're college receivers. If they're wide open. If, right. if, Keaton, yeah. if Keaton Crawford lets a receiver just run right past his face like he did against Kansas, it's a touchdown. Um, but I don't think these are guys like Cade Warner, you know, Kurt Warner's kid, right. or Knowles. Uh, what was his name? Malik? Malik Knowles, yeah. Yeah. Like, they actually had some wide receiver skills as well. The big, the big guy, the big threat is the tight end, right? Ben's yeah. not. He's good. Very good player. He is. Uh, did you see the Cooper BB block against U of H? That wasn't a block. <laughs> One way ticket to the first row. Oh and my dude, God. You're going to talk about the worst spot in the world to show up in a hole off balance. That guy is a savage. 
I mean, BB is like, every bit of 340, and he can run. No, that, he's extremely athletic for a big fellow like that. That would be very scary. No, to I, see yeah, that. Not come... I mean that. I mean, honestly, he. That's probably the way to play that if you're into self-preservation. <laughs> get just get trucked. Just accept it. Get shoved backwards instead of running into him and yeah. having him shove you backwards and land on top of you. Well, you know, in the old days, you could actually at least run and dive at his legs and yeah, try to tangle sub- him up. Yeah, you just submarine him right there. And but if you do that now outside the box, that's a personal foul, right? Yep. So, I mean, I think that's fair if you're going to protect. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean that's a you got six five. 300 pound dudes running you're gonna let 180 pound guys just come missile their knees yeah yeah probably not cool but that's how football was up until oh, like yeah, 100 years well, ago <laughs> going back you're like you're saying i don't know how xavier where he made that guy miss i was like well back then he wouldn't have <laughs> a dude have ran right through him <laughs> that's a good point that's actually a but good you point. got the little halo now that you can't get in back then yeah i mean that guy would have just lit him up even if he was before the ball yeah 100 so uh Kansas State did lose Daniel Green. He's their most physical, their biggest linebacker on the interior. He's like 250. He plays like it too. Uh, Downhill guy, very aggressive, and kind of just gave them some substance inside. He he was not shy about taking on blocks and stuffing a run. Kansas State's not big, man, on their defense. Mm -hmm. They got small... Defensive line, they've lost Eli Huggins, who was a nose tackle for him last year. Of course, they lost their you know elite pass rusher. They're not big, and they don't have big linebackers. And I, I almost wonder if there's a way to – I mean, and Sark has had great success running the ball against Kansas State, usually bouncing something back weak side. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I'm almost wondering if you just lean on these guys and get a push – and then let Brooks attack to that weak side. And you just, I mean, Bijan and Roshan just murdered them last year in, in Manhattan, right? So one, I mean, I kind of made the comment a while ago about we struggle with the smaller athletic type guys or whatever. And like you're saying, they're, they're not real big, but they don't, they don't really play the small defensive line style, if that makes sense, in my opinion. I don't know. Like, to, to me, they almost... They try to play bigger than what they are. Well, so there's there's short, small. Like, I'm 6'2", 285, playing defensive tackle, and I've got a motor, and I'm strong for my size. Uh, and then there's long, small. Kansas State has a lot of guys that are 6'5", 245, 6'4", yep. 260. And, you know, that's good for athleticism. That's good for pursuit. It's good for batting balls and general mayhem. But... Has anyone just lined up and tried to mash these guys? I don't, I don't think anybody on their schedule so far could have. Yeah, and I know we're saying this. It sounds contradictory because we're just bemoaning the fact that we don't move people off the ball. But what I mean is you cover them up. Yeah, it's, it's a latch on. Like, latch yeah. on, don't give up. And wherever they move, you take keep, them there. Just keep moving your feet. Absolutely. Just keep moving your feet. And you have the perfect running back to execute that. I heard an offensive line coach say in modern football zone blocking, particularly, it's all about taking the defender further than they wanted to go. Correct. You yeah, want to go that you're, way? 
cool, we'll go that way. And now yeah. you're going to keep going that way. And you didn't want to go this far, did you? Yeah. Because my yeah, back's when... about to cut back off my ass and mm -hmm. you know, it's going to look like the Red Sea parting, right? Yeah, when, when, the, when their senses go off that, hey, man, I need to plant my foot and fight right here. Yeah. You take them another three, four feet or further past that. I'd have, I want to go, I want to go back and watch the Missouri game before we play them. Cause I, uh, of the people on their schedule, that's probably the only team that I would say probably did that unless Gundy did. And I watched almost none of that game. So. Well, you know, what, what impressed me the most, I mean, you're y'all going to laugh. Um, Troy is actually a pretty good physical conference USA team and Kansas state dominated them in Manhattan. Uh, and what struck me about that game was Troy's defense was is pretty good for their level. And Kansas State sort of pushed them around. But Troy offensively, on a few plays before things got out of hand, they kind of pushed Kansas State around a little bit. So I, I don't know how deep our scouting is going to go on this, on these matchups and, and whatever, but, you know, there's there's something to that, and I think it's something Texas needs to explore and, and not sort of just do what we want to do, but like maybe be a little concerted. And Steve Sarkeesian has been – he's shown some stubbornness about running the ball at, at different times, right? No, very much so. And I, I, don't, I don't – I mean, it, it can be frustrating in-game, but I do appreciate that about him because there's a lot of OCs that like to throw it around out there that would – just shut that down. So you got you to keep working at it. You never know. Is it, are you curious or surprised that Donovan Smith was once again, an all-star against Texas in the next week, he threw for 78 yards against Kansas state. No. And was quote unquote injured. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How did that just happen again? The balloons. Maybe it's because you did air quotes. Does air that make quotes the balloons make come balloons? up. I don't I know. Hate, that's bad because I hate when people do air quotes. Oh, God, that's awesome. What did I say that triggered the balloons? God dang! If y'all are listeners said, to the podcast, I triggered balloons somehow on Zoom behind me. That he was quote unquote injured. Quote unquote injured. Yeah, I don't know. No balloons. Dang maybe it! It's a, maybe it's a timer. Is I have a timer that balloons go? Well, it didn't go off with Ian. Oh, I don't know. That's hilarious. You know what? I don't like it. I find it disconcerting because what's the um, what's the Stephen King movie and book with the clown? Oh, that not a, I don't. I that don't kills the, kills all those kids in the sewers and <clears throat> invites them in there. I'm not into spending money to have other people scare me. Don't they uh, take a balloon? Like, so one of the things they do around, like you know, in Halloween, but in our neighborhood, a couple of people got balloons and then tied them into the sewer. Like, <laughs> you know, come in here. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's disconcerting. It makes me think that clown is in my but, uh, study. But anyway, no, it does not surprise me. That, Try to regroup. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. It does not surprise me that he had a subpar game and then it was uh, because he was balloon injured. <laughs> I tell you what, man, um, that's frustrating. It, he's going to be one of those you knew, guys that long. You knew it was happening, though. You I, knew it was I, happening. Of course I knew. I, Kansas State was going to destroy them. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious. Poor Dana. We he's still, still there? Dana? Yeah. Yeah, he's still there. They're going to let him get finish part of the season. 
So you have a buyout that expires in like two weeks or something? Well, they, they play UCF. E. Don't they? Uh, TCU and Tech play on Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't, that's can't miss football. Hey, T- Tech's going to have their second string quarterback, not their third string. Baron Morton in the house. The Big, Twi- the Big 12 title does no, not UC- run through Lubbock. Just UCF, so you know. play, UCF plays Cincinnati this week. Oh, okay. Looks like Houston's off. Oh, well, if, that's... If, if they're not, I can't find them. So. A, a bye week is typically a good time. Oh, no, there it is. Baylor. It's Baylor. Baylor. At, plus. at Baylor. At Baylor. That's going to be a trash but very competitive game, actually. Probably so. Yeah, they'll probably go up and down the field on each other. Uh, what are the other big games? We got OU going to Oklahoma State, baby. Uh, yeah, that one's interesting. They got a they got a face Ollie Gordon. Yep. Yep. You got uh Bama LSU. That'll be awesome. Like I said, we talked off air. The Kansas and Iowa State games going to be interesting for me. Missouri Georgia. Yeah, there's some good games. Notre Dame Clemson. Yeah. Notre Dame is a favorite at Clemson. Clemson's four and four, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dabo said two weeks ago he wanted more people to get off the bandwagon because they had too many on there. So he's getting it done. I I don't think he was serious about that. Well, I want to tell you about a guy that I am on the bandwagon for. His name is David McClellan. He is a former national championship swimmer with the University of Texas. But he didn't exactly peak then. He is a partner with Forum Financial Management. Uh, he has a long and extensive distinguished background working for Morningstar and Pershing top flight financial firms. And now he's a fiduciary registered investment advisor. And he'd like to talk to you. If you're working with another advisor, chances are their advice is conflicted or quite narrow in scope. And frankly, I would want to talk to the guy that your advisors are reading his white papers, and that's David McClellan. Uh, He works broadly and deeply with you, providing fiduciary advice wherever money touches your life. If you've saved a lot in your 401ks or other tax-deferred accounts, you may be in for a very rude awakening in retirement. And you should read David's nine-part series in Kiplinger about retirement tax bombs, or even better, why don't you just reach out to Mr. McClellan directly and see if you guys have an opportunity to have a, a productive discussion. You can reach him at 312-933-8823. It's not a hard sell. He's there to help you. He's obviously a guy who works with uh, high net worth or potentially high net worth individuals. Uh, it's, he's going to be interested in kicking the tires on your financial situation. You can talk to him. He'll answer questions. Uh, there's not a lot of opportunities in your life to to bounce ideas off of a really sophisticated finance guy like David. So take advantage of it. 312-933-8823. What do you think, Randy? I think that BYU plays against a team that everybody was scared was going to go undefeated and go to the Big 12 championship game two weeks ago. And it's going to be a really, really competitive and close football game. West Virginia? Yes. I think the line on that is like nine, like West Virginia minus nine. It's at West Re- Virginia. Really? I knew it was at West Virginia, but that that surprises me. Well, I got to say, the betting community, whoa. <laughs> I don't Sorry, even see that. My uh, battery's acting up. Oh, okay. 
I was going to say that the betting community, people were kind of puzzled about Texas being large, large favorites over BYU in Austin with a backup quarterback. And oh, BYU's five and two and all this stuff. Eh, you look at the analytics and you looked, you went under the hood on BYU, which I did both sort of subjectively and objectively. And I was like, they're just not good. And no, I they agree. may be five and two now, but there's a very good chance they finish five and seven or six and six. Yeah, I really just want to take a shot at West Virginia. You do? Why? West Virginia is lovable and scrappy. No, I just that, you know, there were two and oh, and people were freaking out. Oh, but that's take a shot at our dumbass fans with their what if Virginia wins out it's like they're not gonna win out guys it's like watch the games watch watch the watch the yeah, players no. run in space <laughs> in uh in Morgantown minus nine yeah yeah you probably got, like, pretty probably pretty easily too you think so yeah I mean I just don't think BYU is very good the nature they're not but the nature of college football is the Cougars pull something out of their butts and and make it make it competitive what was what the West Virginia Central Florida final end up being? They they won pretty handily, right? West Virginia, yeah, they they kind of they pulled, pulled them out, pulled away, pulled away late, late, yeah, late, yeah at I, at UCF. I lost right. lost track of it about halfway through, but it's uh yeah, it's interesting. So hey, let's talk about OU, Kansas, but went, went and got it done. You and I did a preseason uh, predictions. We didn't cover OU. I did that with Ian, correct, but. I predicted Kansas was going to upset OU. And then I reconfirmed that a few other times and I bet it accordingly and Kansas upset OU. I wish I'd bet more and I wish I'd bet more on the money line and not just the, the spread like a coward. But uh, I was not surprised by that result. A lot of people were very surprised by that result. I, I hate to break this to Texas fans, but OU outcoached us and outplayed us. That's the best game they'll play all year. That's the best game they'll play all year. They're I, mean, I, not, said, I said it on here. I mean, it, they, they're they, not super elite. No. And that's the reality of their team. They, they brushed by UCF at home. And then they got beat by Kansas. And by the way, that was not fluky. No. I mean, they pulled away a couple different times from Kansas. And Kansas well, just reeled them back in. And Kansas ran the ball on their ass. Mm-hmm. Like, not uh, smoke and mirrors either. It was. No. no, it was. Hey, Devin Neal, here you go. It was inside zone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, oh, you guys getting pushed and Devin Neal trucking guys. So, yeah, I, I think OU, I think, look, they've got an easy schedule. There's no doubt. But when you're not great, there are no easy games. Correct. If people are playing hard. And I think Oklahoma State, despite all the history, I oh, OU owns Gundy. Hey, Kansas hadn't beat OU in what? Long time. 30 years or something. I don't know what it was, but like trends are trends until they get broken. Was that the game? I think that was the game where they flashed the deal where uh, they hadn't beaten a top 10 team at home since like 1984. Yeah. OU. Yeah. They were like number two or something in 84. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. And then the Kansas fans tore down the (laughs) goalposts. Sloppily, they didn't do a very good job. No, you can tell they're not very practiced. Not, not an engineering school for sure. And then they went and threw it in the pond, and then they did belly flops in the cold water on the pond. So, do you think they're going to take those goalposts out, or do you think they'll keep them there and make it like an archaeological thing? They'll dump fish in it, use it for structure. <laughs> use it for structure. What a contractor answer! That's so great. 
I, think no, I don't ten, know. What do you do in that situation? Do you I go think, get them? No, you leave them. And okay. 10 years from now, you'll have a little plaque and you'll go there with like a date. Here It'll lies a, the... Here lies... And you could see the little yellow post just sticking up like Excalibur waiting for you to grab it and claim it. How... Uh... How far up into his uh, throat do you think Leipold's nuts went when his DB batted the ball directly into the air on the Hail Mary? I would say that they <laughs> went they went somewhere near his tonsils. After his face on the sideline and his hands clearly saying, bat it down, bat it down, bat it down, the dude does a volleyball set in the end zone. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, it was Thankfully, he did, six, he did it six yards out of the end zone. Well, he did it, it backwards. Was, thank right. God. Yeah. But yeah uh, it was like perfect. <laughs> here comes my outside hitter <laughs> college kids man uh it's uh, great i i but. do think we have to have some sensitivity to the fact that i'm pretty sure the coaches told him that and the guy still did it right oh no i yeah 100 I, I guarantee you they didn't say hey if you're two yards from the back of the end zone just bat it up in the air backwards out of it <laughs> hey let me ask you this did you or did you have teammates that ever shook off pitches and just did what you wanted? Oh, yeah. Tons. <laughs> How many times before you received a reprimand? Or just did Augie wait to see how it went <laughs> based on, based on your rebellion? So Augie was very process-oriented, correct? We think yeah. we, that's all his thing, except for in those situations. <laughs> so if you, if you, if you shook, shook it something off and, off and, you were, and it, and it well, went yard... Oh yeah, no, you're gonna hear about that one. <laughs> you're gonna hear about but that if, one from me. If you struck that. the guy out, Augie's no, like, wait I mean, a minute, way to make a baseball play, son. No, if it, I mean, if it's, <laughs> I mean, you're ultimately in control out there, unless you're just egregiously doing it over and over and over again. I mean, you better have a reason. But yeah, no, I, I mean, that happens all the time. You just, you better have a damn good reason. You better hope it worked out in your favor because if you do it two or three times and they're hitting rockets in the gaps, you, you get that privilege revoked pretty quick. Hey, I'm actually kind of mystified. Uh, to what extent does the bench call the game through the catcher, or does do you did the catcher ever just call your game? We were pretty fortunate to have some really good catchers when I was there. Uh, there were years where the the bench had a lot a little more control, but uh, catcher and pitcher typically usually had unless it was just somebody they didn't weren't real trustworthy of, um, which were there were very few of us that got into that category. Um, it was pretty minimal when I was there, honestly. I mean, I, I called a lot of my own games with the catcher. And then, I mean, when Teagarden and then Thigpen and Clark, I mean, they, they, they trusted those guys quite a bit. We had some scripted stuff that we threw out there, but um, especially later on in, in my uh, my uh, career there, Holiday was, Holiday was a, lot, a little bit more involved. Um, with the suggestion side of thing, but I, I don't think he was ever really. I mean, I think he made it pretty known that, hey, it's it's your, you know, I'm standing over here, you two guys are out there, so unless you're just doing stupid stuff for no reason, you know, you that's pretty cool. Trust us. Uh, that's, now that in this day and age, with the amount of money that college coaches makes make, excuse me, um, yeah, I would say that they're controlling almost the whole thing, which is a shame because you're you're sending catchers into pro ball that don't truly understand the whys and, and whatever, in my opinion, but I don't know the way pro ball is now held the some I, Harvard grad, maybe buzzing the pitches down from the stratosphere or wherever they sit. Yeah. 
I think um, right. Saber rant over. No, no. Listen, I Ian and I were just talking about that last week. Of you know, we used to call quarterbacks signal callers and field generals. It's like yeah, you're no. not you're not field general in anything. You take a call from the sideline, and it's happened. Like autonomy of players has diminished mm-hmm. as the games got more complex, and it actually should be the opposite. You should be trying to teach them to be independent actors if you want to short circuit what other other teams are doing. Right. Well, it it gets into your calls versus system deal. You know that you like to do on defense. I mean, you're you're not teaching somebody to play outside linebacker. You're teaching them that on twenty seven Python they run fourteen yards to their right and turn around and yes. You know, they, there's no responsibility of what my assignment is. It's this is my assignment, and I think that's why you end up with guys guarding grass a lot of times. Yeah, I, I think it's a diminishment of the game. And I, and I understand why it happens, but I think you nailed it early, the kind of money that coaches are getting paid. Oh, yeah, the, the stakes are almost too high to trust. Because yeah. particularly trust, college... Trust uh, and confidence are, are the keys to the, the whole sports world. Yeah. It, yeah. Confidence to execute, confidence in your players to execute, and the trust in them to do so. It's hard. It's eroded. Especially you got... And, and you have diminished practice time. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to do. I get it. Like you said, I, I understand the, the concept of it, but in the long run, I don't, to your point, you're, I think the the product is being diminished because of that. You know, it's funny too, because coaches have always been control freaks, but they exhibited that control in different ways. And I think you nailed it early on with the, the change in money and baseball Unlike the pro sports world where baseball leads the way typically in money, right? Uh, the college level baseball trailed significantly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Cliff Gustafson made a good living. He wasn't. Oh, no. Yeah. Like Daddy Warbucks, right? Augie Garrido, by the time he signed his second contract, mm, we got some, like, we're talking about some money, right? Yep. And it's interesting how that warps the game uh, and at all levels, at all sports. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a lot easier to look in the mirror and say your, you know, multi-million dollar contract failed because you made some bad decisions versus, oh, I trusted that 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't well, and, work out. Yeah. And I'm not uh, coming down completely on the coaches. I'm not unsympathetic. Like, No, I, 100%. Yeah, I get You know, I've, I've got a son. I'm not sure how much I trust my professional life in his hands, you know, depending on his decision-making. So. Yep. I get it, but ultimately, if you want to perform at the highest levels, you can't have a bunch of little robots running around out there. It's the the Mac Brown Vince Young thing, right? Like once it became a player led, and you know you, you saw it go to a different heights, different level, and I think that's the same with you know on a much smaller level, individual player development. Once they take ownership of it, that that's where the true growth and everything happens, but. It's, it's no different than anything else. I mean, once you take ownership of anything, professionally, personally, whatever, I mean, it 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 means more. You're more invested. It just, I, I think that's the route. It's just really hard to do that in this day and age, especially transfer portal era where people are reloading teams and yeah, good luck getting that freshman that needs two and a half years on the practice squad to, probably realizes full potential. Yeah. 100% not, ha- not happening much. 
two things that you made me think of. One, have you ever seen the Rose Bowl commentary of Texas USC with Greg Davis? Yes. Do you remember how many times Greg Davis is like, all right, now this is a 14-Y banana. We're trying to get the David Thomas cutting back here against the grade in the flat. And then also you're going to notice here Brian Carter is running a post route. That's that's putting this linebacker in conflict. And then as the play is going, Vince Young drops back, looks around, and takes off for 17 yards. And then Greg <laughs> Davis kept going. That play also has a run option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all our plays had a run option. And he, he did not mean that uh, ironically or he wasn't trying no, to No, 100%. Yeah. He was trying to salvage, like, look what this yeah. guy is doing to my beautiful uh, – offense yeah. uh but by the way good job vince 17 yeah. yards Absolutely. uh and then the second thing was you're talking about the transfer portal and all that colorado obviously is in the process of getting undressed after the early media glorification uh play oregon state at home they play oregon state at home oregon state will beat them uh yeah. i promise uh, no 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 you're right colorado probably won't win another game they might beat cal but uh Mm. Yeah, they should have beat USC. Uh, UCLA, did you see any of the UCLA-Colorado game? No, I did not. Imagine an utter and complete devastating domination physically of a team. And that's what UCLA did to Colorado. They had UCLA had four turnovers in the first half and still led. Wow. And... They, they doubled up Colorado in yards. They hit Shadur Sanders 23 times, sacked him like eight times. The poor guy, I mean, Shadur Sanders is tough as freaking nails. Like, you may not like the, like, the, Rolex, the Rolex celebration and all right. that stuff. Yeah. That dude's a quarterback. He's smart, no. and he's tough as freaking nails. Talk about, like, coach on the field. He is that dude. Yep. No, you're right on that. Um, have, you, have you hit but, on the USC debacle yet? Sorry, I, which, which aspect of the USC debacle would you the like aspect to score? Where there are so Riley, many. Where Riley was gone, and they let Grinch do the interviews, <laughs> and they asked him two questions about why they didn't stop a certain play, you, and he said you, because they hadn't seen it on film. Did, did you, you not talk, hear me and Ian talk about was this? Was this you that did this? Okay. Yes. Okay, I couldn't remember. I've just been a lot of podcasts since. Then. So they're like, well, they they hit this uh, Utah oh, on the so wheel. Funny. This converted it's like, safety. So you're not doing anything anymore. <laughs> They're like they you they hit they hurt you with this wheel route. And he's like, yeah, they hadn't shown that on film, and the dude had <laughs> literally two touchdowns the week previous oh, on the same route. Oh, and by the way, oh, then they brought up the the quarterback running, and he's like, yeah, we didn't know they had quarterback run game. It's like one they Utah. do Utah do it's no, Utah. Cam Rising runs like quarterback power and lead like. I mean, I, you knew it was bad out there, but oh my goodness! Anyway. I don't know. I don't know if they're trying. I don't like, think they are. I, I don't know what's going on. You think Raleigh got pissed that they went to the Big Ten? Was like, screw it, I'm out of here. I guess maybe he doesn't want to play Ohio State. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he knows about the signals with Michigan. Who wants to play Michigan? True. <laughs> they got all your stuff, man. Got everything. They got everything. Uh, Harbaugh is going to be coaching the NFL in about a year. Just yes. FYI. <laughs> right after they win the national title. Dude. Right after they win the national championship. I was dying laughing because someone uh, – so Michigan plays Purdue this week. 
was listening to a betting podcast and the nitwit was like, first of all, Purdue is really bad. Uh, shout out to my nephew who goes to Purdue. Sorry, buddy. But uh, Michigan's like a 32 and a half point favorite. And the guy's like, haven't we learned with Arizona State? That's too many points to lay. Like he was contrasting Arizona State USC to Michigan Purdue. And I was like, first of all, Michigan's not USC. Secondly, Arizona State is not Purdue. Arizona State's actually got a few dudes. And thirdly, Jim Harbaugh is an emotionless robot who built a machine and they're not distracted at all. No, 100%. There are zero people inside that building. <laughs> they, that don't. Have, they don't they're even just... know the news exists. <laughs> now, the AD, the bureaucrats. Oh, yeah, no, out. they care. <laughs> yeah, they care. But but Harbaugh is like, okay. And why are you asking me about this? I don't get it. So we're not going to get produced signals this week? That's fine. <laughs> That's all he gets away from this. Yeah. What's the, what'd you say this, the line was? 32 and a half. Yeah, 38-3 final. Take them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, so yeah, here's a little preview on my beating Vegas column. That will be one of my best bets. Uh, what's seven and one last week, Randy? What do you think about that? There comes the Maserati. Maserati, baby. Uh, yeah, the, the only bet I recommended that lost was UCLA, who got backdoor covered by Colorado after doubling them up in yardage and like having four turnovers in one half. So, and they still almost covered. So, yeah. I, it, it's irritating because that was the bet. If you'd asked me before, what bet are you most confident about? I just said, well, Utah is going to get blown out by Oregon because people are like, Ooh, their home stadium. Oh, crazy stuff happens. It's like, well, Utah's uh, inferior at almost every position. So I think I know what happens when those two teams encounter each other on a football field. And that's what happened. And the other one I would have said would be UCLA, Colorado. Everything else I was sweating like, Oh, come on, New Mexico state. And of course, yeah. you know, those come, those hit, and the one I was most confident about doesn't because they get backdoor covered. That's the nature of gambling. It sucks. If you got rich in sports gambling, would you buy a vacation home in Austin and pull like the ultimate reversal? The reverse what? The reverse Texas thing. What do you mean? But like buy the vacation home in Austin, but live in Colorado. Oh, that's interesting. I would I would try to as best I can split my time. I'm just saying, like, everybody from Texas has to vacate. You'd be like, no, I'm going to vacation in Texas. I'm going to – well, I'm rich, so I'm going to fly That's in. What I'm, saying. I'm flying in private for game weekends starting through late October. And then November oh, – Yeah, too hot before that for you, right? Yeah, then I'm going to be a winter Texan, right? Definitely. Uh, I guess I have to take my kid out of school. He'll just learn on the streets. You, you cool. can buy a teacher. It's fine. She can but, travel. And frankly, school's vastly overrated. The teacher, just, the teacher in this scenario is a girl. I don't know. Uh, like 23. Stereotypical of me, but I don't know why. She's 23 from Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Looks like Tiger Woods' old wife, who was an au pair. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm following you. I'm tracking. Uh, tell you what. How about I just get Jake a math tutor and the a library card? he'll probably end up more educated than anyone else in public schools. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. I, I would do kind of a reverse deal, but I would actually matriculate on down to Austin around November, December. I'm going to try to skip out on the Colorado winter. And then Texas heat starts to kick up around mid-June. I'm out, Randy. Not, Not a terrible plan. 
not a bad plan. Maybe I'll uh, get a little place in Port Lavaca as well. I don't know why you do that, but okay. <laughs> Wait, what's the place that you go with your Port, family? Port, Port O'Connor. Port O'Connor, I'm sorry. Which, yeah. which is close that. to Port Lavaca. But... I blew that, damn it. <laughs> I was trying to insult you, and it didn't come uh, off correctly. Dang it. Arizona, UCLA. I love that Arizona. Game. It's going to be awesome. Arizona's good, like legit no. good. And UCLA is good when they don't. So here's the crazy thing. If you watch UCLA games, Chip Kelly schemes up five or six wide open touchdown passes a game. I mean, like Sark in his first year, right? And one of them will get hit by their. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's brutal to watch. But Arizona, UCLA are evenly matched. Like whatever the line is, it's correct. It's probably what, two UCLA? Don't know, but yeah, probably. Yeah. Would... And Fafita, so... have you seen this dude? The Arizona quarterback? Five foot ten Tongan. I was about to say, he looks like he looks like he's about five five. He's on beta blockers. He feels he never feels the pass rush. And he's just walking around looking for receivers and he's just oblivious to defenders all around him. It's amazing to watch. So fun. It's it's what's cool about college because that guy can't play pro football. No. Right? Yep. But he can dice you up on Saturday night, though. He'll dice you up on Saturday night. He'll put Caleb Williams in, in the infirmary and in his team. But, yeah, it's interesting. His traits don't project up. It's like me in baseball. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I told you I, I got know. timed at the fair, and I'm, I hit high 60s, dude. The, balloon, the balloons flew up again. It has, <laughs> has nothing to do with your comment. <laughs> no, no, no. When I say high 60s, I feel like you just dismissed that. Like that's easy. under hitting speed, man. You'd be dominant for not. No, one no, no, and no. A, one First and a half of all, times through the order. That, that's not what I meant. That's disrespectful. <laughs> I, I'm not a pitcher, Randy. I don't train. But if I train, <laughs> did. I'm obviously going to be a 98, 100 you mile per hour. Obviously, dude. pick up the 40 miles an hour that you need. It's not that hard to pick up an extra 37 <laughs> of velo. It's not hard, dude. Like, come on. Baseball players act like it's so hard. It's it's probably easier to go from 60 to 97 than it is from 94 to 97. <laughs> That's probably true. That's sadly like, true. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. I feel really uh, bad yeah. for the dudes who are doing like years of velo training and stuff past their like once they've matured, right? Obviously, there's benefits to it when you're 20 or whatever, but uh like you're gonna inc- you're gonna go like up a mile per hour, dude. Why don't you just yep. why don't you just work on a curveball or like work on a work on a wicked slider or something instead? Well, it's, it's crazy. Like you you know the you know you see the the Dominican kids that come over that you know they give these stupid signing bonuses too, and everybody's like, I don't get it. And he's 17, he's still got baby fat and all this stuff, and and he's like 86, and you're like, oh, I, I do. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. About a year and a half. It's and coming. The, and all of a sudden, the dude drops all the baby fat, and he's just, just wiry, and uh, starts dropping ninety sixes on people. And you're like, yeah, that that's that's it right there. <laughs> you can't also teach that. has the the psychology of like you hit a home run off of him, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Shrugs. It's like irrelevant. It didn't happen. Oh, yep. uh, it's good stuff. All right, you know I. I think part of your success in so many fields, Randy, is that you're able to get me to talk about baseball at the height of college football season. It's impressive. You have some 
I don't want to say passive aggressive traits, but uh, you've got some subtle, <laughs> you got some subtle ability to to make Just people do what you want without them realizing. It. In, well, that's how I like make most of my points as a travel over into that realm. So you travel a long way and let them think it was their idea. There you go. And you flank them. I like it. I like it. Well, that that comes from working with contractors. <laughs> Just because just because you don't like to argue all day. This was completely your idea. You're <laughs> yes. right. You should do it that way. <laughs> That's exactly right. All we right, did well, not we didn't start here an hour and a half ago. You decided this all on your own just That's right. right now. That's right. <laughs> hey man, great idea. Absolutely. He just, said, he just said your idea back to you. Absolutely. Take hey it. man, I'm not the expert. You are. I'd take <laughs> run with that. All right, man. Do you have any parting thoughts or advice for Mr. Sarkeesian, for Mr. Kwiatkowski, for this Texas football team as they take on Kansas? Hey, look, man, if, if we beat Kansas, don't want to – I mean, it's eight, but also Texas is looking like they got – Oh, no, you're in – yeah, you're like, in a good spot. We're in a good spot, man. I don't want to jinx it, but you 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 got some things looking good for you down the road and potentially big things even. So what do you think? Any part and thoughts, part and shots? Man, I just, <clears throat> I'd, I'd figure out what you think your, your best run game is and start to try and feature that a little bit more and be a, uh, have a thing more so than kind of we've have had, but play the hits, man. Play the hits. You know, Can't... when you go see you two, when you go see yeah. whoever, yeah, I, I better hear the I better hear the hits. I don't, I don't I, want to hear the song you wrote on the bus last night. I understand that you're you're exploring a new artistic direction, and you hope people appreciate your new you know jazz band sound like Spinal Tap, right? But play your hits, dude, and then you can play a couple other things. So I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Four, Randy Boone, I'm Paul Wildington, Sand, hook them. Do you need a realtor in Central Texas? Of course you do. We all need a realtor in Central Texas. Even those of us who live in Dallas or Houston or San Francisco or Denver, Colorado, you need to go to Central Texas anyway. And the reason is Laura Baker is a fantastic realtor. She's great at what she does. She's a member of the elite Andy Allen team for Keller Williams. You can reach her at 512-784-0505. Talk with Laura if you're thinking about putting your house on the market. This is a great time to get market comps. Uh, if you're looking to buy in the market, you need all the help you can get. Call Laura and it's 512-784-0505. Are you worried that recent events have derailed your retirement plans? It certainly made us reassess all aspects of ours. And that's why we're proud to offer our listeners a chance to work with David McClellan, a fiduciary financial advisor from Forum Financial. David's practice specializes in financial life coaching and retirement planning. And right now, he's offering free consultations for our listeners if you mention the podcast. As part of this consultation, David can help you understand your financial freedom number and what that means to you in assessing your future financial plans. If you want to build wealth, if you want to make optimal decisions within your financial life, David is someone you need to talk to. You can reach him at 312-933-8823. Once again, that's David McClellan at 312-933-8823. He's located in Austin, Texas, but he's got a nationwide clientele. Do yourself a favor and get some great financial advice for free and see if you might want to work with Mr. McClellan. I think you'll be happy with your phone call.